This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. And everybody wants to know how to be happier and how to make every day like Saturday. I mean, but you know what? That's not the fullness of the Christian life. God wants you to, to enjoy your Saturdays, but he also wants you to enjoy your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And he wants you to enjoy every day of your life. And you can, but that doesn't mean that all of your circumstances will be enjoyable. Many preachers today will, 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 will teach and preach on topics that draw crowds, that tickle ears, that elicit offerings. And everybody wants to know how to be happier and how to make every day like Saturday. I mean, but you know what? That's not the fullness of the Christian life. God wants you to, to enjoy your Saturdays, but he also wants you to enjoy your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so, he wants you to enjoy every day of your life. And you can, but that doesn't mean that all of your circumstances will be enjoyable. We have to understand, we have to separate this whole thing called the gospel and stop taking out of context certain scriptures that make us feel good. I like the one, the prayer of Jabez. It's this one little obscure phrase in Chronicles, and it says, you know, Lord, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand of power rest upon me and keep me from evil. And the Bible says, and God granted Job's request. There's a whole book written about that. It is valid. It's good. But guess what? It's not all about more land and more money and more happiness. It's about more of him. And we don't get more of him by focusing only on the things that make us feel good. It would be as if, because the church today, not all churches, but many churches today, they, they, they feed us Skittles. Or M&Ms if you prefer. Whatever it is you want to hear, they'll come up with a five-point sermon on it. But the reality is, is when the storms blow. These people who only focus on, only, look, God is good all the time. But we can't only, we just teach every week on his goodness. Because then you're not fully prepared for the bad, bad devil that's going to come against you. We've got to have a balanced gospel. Somebody say a balanced gospel. The gospel is balanced. I'm going to talk about suffering. Somebody say suffering. Pain. Agony. How many of you can relate? Suffering is something that we all go through, whether or not you're saved or not saved. I really don't know or, not, or comprehend how people who are not saved even get through it. Come on now. If you don't know Jesus, the comforter, how in the world do you get through the storms in life? I don't know. I believe that's why we see so many suicides. Because if they knew the Lord, if they really, really knew him. We need to know his goodness, but we don't we need to know more about his goodness and his power. We need to know about his suffering. And I'm not just talking, beloved, about the suffering that comes when you sprain your little ankle because you're running and chasing down somebody else's blessing. 
because you're climbing over somebody to get to what you think you ought to have and you sprain your pretty little ankle. I'm not talking about that kind of suffering. I'm talking about the suffering that comes for the gospel's sake and for the sake of Christ. This is the kind of suffering I'm interested in enduring. I don't like it when I suffer. I was on my back all week with a cold, witches attacking me, people betraying me, all kind of people making new videos about me on YouTube. And you know what? Glory. I don't, don't get me wrong. I did not enjoy it. I didn't get to go somewhere this weekend I really wanted to go to, that I've been looking forward to going to for a long time. But the pressure in my head was as such that if I got up on that airplane, probably would have popped an eardrum. Sometimes you don't get everything you want in life, but Jesus will make sure you get what you need. Amen? You got to trust him. Somebody say trust him in the good times and the bad. Father, give us eyes to see today and ear to hear and a heart to understand what you're saying to the church. Help us to stop being so weak need, God, and endurance in the inner man is what we're after today so we can fellowship with you in every way in Jesus' name. Amen. I know there's many people in here who are suffering. Some of you are suffering in the area of your finances. Some of you are suffering in the area of a relationship. Some of you clearly suffering grief. Some of you suffering just in your soul, the mental warfare. We all go through seasons of suffering. And what's so interesting about suffering is, you know, I don't know about you, but in my life, I can be suffering like, oh, I'm going to, like, this is the worst thing in the world over here. But over here, there's major doors of opportunity opening. It's like God is blessing me like crazy over here. And over here, it's like, oh, God, are you even there? Can you just like spread around a little bit? It doesn't work that way. I don't know why it's like that. Charles Dickens wrote this book, uh, and in the beginning, the first line was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. And that seems to be, I don't know, that seems to be the story of my life. There seems to be some kind of trauma or some kind of drama going on at the same time as some of the greatest blessings I've ever experienced in my life. I don't know why. Well, I don't know why, because there's a devil roaming around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, and he wants to devour your blessing, and he wants you to focus on the bad instead of the good. And you're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. We don't ignore him, but if we hyper-focus on him, we lose sight of the God of our blessing and the comforter in our suffering. Hallelujah. We memorize scripture, but we... And we have Bible study, but we don't do the parts of the word, and we don't want to read the parts of the word that make us uncomfortable. (laughs) I've suffered a lot of my life. You probably have too. What I've learned about suffering is that suffering is relative. What might tip me over the edge might be nothing but a thing to you. What might make you feel like you're about to, you're going to lose your mind might be like a walk in the park for me. This is why when one member in the body suffers, we all must suffer. When When you rejoice, when rejoice, weep when they weep because you don't know their pain. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, you don't know my pain. You don't. Nobody can really understand your pain except Jesus Christ. Nobody can really get it. Nobody can really identify with it. You wish they could. You just want there to be somebody who gets it, who understands it, who could just say it's going to be all right, and you would actually believe them. But it doesn't often work that way. There is someone. His name is God. But sometimes you can't find him. Sometimes Christianity is like an ebb and a flow of an ocean. And here comes the 
Here comes the tide. It's coming in. And you're like, ah, oh, this is, this is good. This is, this is wonderful. And the tide goes out and it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder to find that. But then sometimes you're in the middle of the Sahara Desert. There's no water anywhere. You can't see anything but dry land. And that's when your faith is really tested. And that's when the enemy comes and says, where is your God? I've suffered a lot. You've probably suffered a lot, too. When I was a kid, I broke my leg, was in a body cast, out of school for a year, learned how to walk all over again, broke my leg again in a body cast, learned how to walk again, out of school for a year. You know, my husband left when my daughter was two. I've suffered. You've suffered. We've all suffered. But I don't think I have. I've been thinking about it. Because when, you, when, you're, when you're so sick that you're laying in bed and you can't even read and you can't even all you can do is talk to God you have a lot of time to think and I've been thinking about it I'm like man the last few years of my life have gotten really difficult if they've gotten like like really and you know when it happened do you know when it happened I've suffered more since I went into full-time ministry someone say full-time ministry because I was bivocational I was in ministry, I was traveling the world. I was the editor of Charisma Magazine. But when I went into full-time ministry, what should it matter? Why would it matter? What is the difference? I don't know, but it made a difference to the devil because I've got a big old target on my back. Clearly. And I have, not, I have probably suffered more in the last several years than I suffered in the past 20. And this year, I've suffered so much. It's like, dear God, what is going on? And you have this tendency to think, what am I doing wrong? Where is the open door? And people want to tell you how to fight and, and all these things. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that later. But suffering is real, and the Lord's been talking a lot about it. And I'd be remiss if I didn't take this moment to share with you some of these things, because guess what my testimony is? I'm still here. Amen. Amen. I don't know what you've been through, but guess what? I still see you. You're We live in a digital era in which we can have friends all over the globe. Yet true, deep, personal connections are hard to come by in a busy world. And finding a church that offers prophetic revelation and practical keys to overcome the enemy's plans for your life can be difficult in a seeker-friendly church world. Enter ahop.online, an outreach of Awakening House of Prayer. We're a global community of believers passionately pursuing God's presence. We're a prophetic church where the Holy Spirit moves. We empower you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. Get connected and make true connections in the Awakening House of Prayer global family. If you can't come to our church in Florida, come to our church online. Are you ready to accelerate in the prophetic? Get the truth that unlocks your next level in the sequel to The Making of a Prophet. It's called Becoming a Next Level Prophet. Find out what it takes to progress through each level on your way to fulfilling your God-given destiny in Becoming a Next Level Prophet. A sequel to The Making of a Prophet, this book will challenge you to sharpen your prophetic edge and steward your prophetic gift even in the face of spiritual warfare. Sean Bowles says, You'll find yourself going to the next level so you can bring the world around you to the next level. James Gall says, if you need a challenge to spur you on, then becoming a next level prophet is written with you in mind. Bishop Bill Hammond says, 
Thank God for the new generation of prophets like Jennifer LeClaire that God is bringing forth in this time. And Bethel's Chris Vallotton says, an insightful key for the new generation of prophetic voices to step into what God is doing on the earth in this season. This is the sequel to The Making of the Prophet, the best-selling book that went around the world. Get sharpened. Get ready to go to the next level. Accelerate your growth with this new book. Pick up your copy of Becoming a Next Level Prophet wherever books are sold. So if I didn't take this moment to share with you some of these things, because guess what my testimony is? I'm still here. Amen. Amen. I don't know what you've been through, but guess what? I still see you. You're still here. I don't know who died, who betrayed you, who abandoned you, who lied on you, who persecuted you, who cheated you, who robbed from you. But guess what? I see you, honey. You're still here and you look good. Somebody turns your neighbor and say, you look good. Hey, you look good. The glory of persecution looks good on you. Hallelujah. Amen. We got to learn how to endure it. I'm still here. The Holy Spirit is still the comforter. But here's the thing. We got to change our attitude about suffering. Got to change our attitude. We've got to change our attitude. We got to change it. Somebody say you got to change it. You got to change it. You've got to change your attitude about suffering. You got to change it. I don't like it. I don't know if I'll ever like it. But my attitude is evolving. Where instead of feeling like, oh, poor me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. Amen. It's, it's not any fun, but you've got to change your attitude. First Peter 4 and 12. Beloved. Somebody say, that's me. Amen. You're the beloved. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But we do. Every time a trial comes, we're like, wait, wait, what? Wait, wait, what? Why? Because we're like soaring on a glory cloud somewhere. Everything is fine. Everything is good. All the money's in the bank. We got a surplus this month. A vacation is down the line. I can see the Bahamas from here. It's going to be beautiful. Oh, glory be to God. The kids got straight A's. Hallelujah. Praise God. I got a new car. My credit was decreased. Oh, all these blessings come. And we're scooting and coasting along. And all of a sudden, and we're like, what happened? Think it not strange, beloved, at this fiery trial, which is to try you. James said, what rejoice when you come into all kind of various trials? Why? Because the trying of your patience, uh, trying of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work that you would be lacking in nothing. <laughs> I just finished writing a book. I'm not going to tell you which one because I don't want to expose the editor, but the editor of this book she, I wrote something in there about how we're all going to suffer. We're, you know, we're all going to have trouble. We're going to suffer in life. That's part of it. Uh, the book was about uh, walking in your prophetic destiny. I just told you the name of it. Hallelujah. Now you'll know the editor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sorry. But it's true. She says, she says well, well where, where's that in the Bible? Um, I'm sorry. It's a Christian publishing company. Where is that in the Bible? Yes, can you give me a scripture where it says that we're going to have suffering? Uh, 
Okay, every book in the New Testament alludes to or completely points this out. But let me just give you John 16, 33. Jesus talking said, in this world you will have... Oh! But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Look, this is part of what you signed up for. The problem is when I got saved, didn't nobody tell me nothing about that. Would you like a mansion in heaven? Pearly gates on the outside. Angels serenading you when you wake up in the morning. Sign up for this program straight to heaven. I mean, that's what I heard. It was all going to be puppy dogs and fairy tales. And all of a sudden I get saved and there's a devil on the loose trying to kill me. The thing is, he was trying to kill you before you got saved. You just got a bigger target on your back, but guess what? Now you got a bigger shield around you too, praise God. And if you sit in the shadow of his presence, you will find safety. Are you tired of seeing the enemy kill, steal, and destroy your life or the lives of your family? You know what? You don't have to watch the enemy do his dirty work in your life anymore. You can resist. You know, the Bible says in James to submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. That is the essence of spiritual warfare. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that. And in this video, I want to teach you some spiritual warfare keys. You're going to learn a lot in a short amount of time. If you'll put these principles in practice, you'll see the devil flee. The Bible says when the enemy comes at you one way, he's got to flee seven ways. If the enemy is not fleeing from your life, it means you don't have the right revelation or the right strategy. Whatever it is, this video will help you. These spiritual warfare keys can help you turn your life around so God can be glorified. Jennifer LeClaire here, founder of School of the Spirit. Watch this video. Let me help you. There is victory. Christ died to give it to you. It's time for you to enforce it. Watch. You're going to see things will change. As a matter of fact, I decree right now in Jesus' name, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, but every tongue that is risen up against you shall be condemned. I decree vindication is your portion, payback is your heritage. In the name of Jesus, I declare you victorious. All right now, go fight, go watch, go win. See you soon. Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here. I'm coming to you with an exciting opportunity to partner with me as I advance the kingdom of God around the world. As many of you know, I am doing a daily prayer call that's reaching millions of people, millions and millions of people a year, but I'm also planting houses of prayers, prayer hubs, apostolic centers, and of course, raising up prophets and prophetic people. But I'm also sowing, sowing, sowing. Jennifer LeClaire Ministries sows back into at least 15 other ministries that are touching the sex trafficking industry. They're touching digging wells in Africa. They're helping uh, drug addicts rehabilitate and so, so much more. I need your partnership. When you partner with Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, whether you're in Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, here in the U.S., wherever you are in the world, you are helping to open a door for me to come to your nation. You are helping feed hungry people. You are helping the gospel be preached. You are helping media projects flow forth. You are helping, you are sowing, and you will reap a harvest. Listen, you cannot outgive God. I can't do what I do without faithful supporters like you. You know, Billy Graham used to say that the janitor who cleaned the bathrooms would receive the same reward as he did for standing on a platform and preaching the gospel. When you sow into our ministry, you receive 
a reward. I want to invite you to become an official partner. You'll receive a monthly partner resource, special seating at my events, and so much more. The most important thing is you're being partakers of advancing the kingdom of God, especially if you're a prophetic person, if you're mission-minded, if you're apostolically focused, support. So pray. Amen. God is good and he's doing so much more than any one of us can do alone. But together, we can do a lot. We can make an impact. We can have influence on a lost and dying world. It's time. It's time to rise up and go further. I'm asking you, become a partner today.